What's up, everyone? This is Hannah with the Healthy Charleston Podcast. I am a physical therapist here in Charleston, and I am the new host of this podcast. This podcast is meant to give you the correct health and fitness information, along with spreading awareness of all of the different health and fitness professionals here in Charleston. I love being able to use this podcast as a way to meet all of those around me that are trying to make the world a better place. And my mission as a PT is to educate people and to empower them to take ownership and control of their health. This is season three of the podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Healthy Charleston. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the show. for listening to the show. This podcast is sponsored by Made to Move Physical Therapy, and we believe that movement is medicine. If you have been dealing with pain that's preventing you from doing what you love, and if you're looking for a healthcare provider to help you meet your goals, then go to madetomovept.com slash contact us. That two is the number two. Fill out the form and reference the Healthy Charleston podcast. Listeners get 10% off their first session. Welcome back to the Healthy Charleston Podcast. This is your host, Hannah Briel. And on today's episode, I sat down with Dr. Kelly Holes-Lewis and Kira Malloy from Modern Minds and Brian Durbin from Synchronicity. Modern Minds is a new type of mental wellness clinic with an integrative approach that treats you as a whole person, not a diagnosis. Modern Minds offers a new way of looking at mental health through a wellness lens And through the collaboration between Modern Minds and Synchronicity, all of the tools available for managing mental and behavioral health are in one place. With Modern Minds, you get a whole team who empowers you to meet the challenges you face both today and tomorrow with a new approach and greater confidence. So we talked about the human condition, psychological flexibility, the global phenomenon of anxiety and depression, how we are quick to catastrophize and how we can learn that all not all thoughts are real and we talked about what recovery really means. I'm really excited for everything Modern Minds and Synchronicity are doing here in our community. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome back everyone to the Healthy Charleston Podcast. This is your host Hannah Briel. I'm very excited about today's episode. Today, I'm with Dr. Kelly Holes-Lewis and Kiera Malloy from Modern Minds, and I'm also with Brian Durbin from Synchronicity. So welcome, everyone. Thanks, Thank Hannah. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm super excited to get to know y'all. So let's start with Modern Minds. I know this started about June of last year, perfectly timed with the pandemic. Can you tell me a little bit more, Kelly, about your role with Modern Minds and a little bit more about what Modern Minds is? Sure. So my role with Modern Minds is um, I'm the psychiatrist, so I um, see all of our patients if they want to, because um, not all of our patients want, you know, medication management. They are seeking wellness. We have this wonderful, you know, new way of looking at um, mental health through a wellness lens. So we are seeing clients who want to maybe improve their baseline or maybe they have gone through a really stressful time in their lives and they have 
fallen back a little bit and aren't able to fully be themselves or uh, engage in life the way that they really want to engage in life. So they come to us and we're really trying to treat this in a whole new way than we would with any other way of treating what we would call previously sort of mental illness, mm -hmm. right? So they come to us, we do this sort of multimodal approach, and one of those things can include medication management. Not everybody needs medication. Uh, a lot of times we just need to learn how to recenter ourselves. We need to learn how to rebalance our nervous system. If we've been through tremendous amounts of stress, our nervous system gets off balance. And then our thoughts become off balance, right? So our team is able to fully engage in both a therapeutic approach, um, emotional therapeutic approaches, as well as physical therapeutic approaches. Um, some people, if their symptoms are severe, they may say, you know, I'd really like to see the psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. And that's where I come in. Um, and I also see all of these things through the same wellness lens. Uh, I am notoriously a conservative medication uh, prescriber. Um, and sometimes we need medication just for a short period of time. So we have that open discussion about the, over the whole course of their lives. You know, what, what have... What have their strengths been? What have their weaknesses been? How far have they fallen from their baseline? And we really try to tease out what are the things that we can engage to get this person back. Um, sometimes that includes like SSRIs, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, which are medications that treat depression and anxiety, or sometimes something to help with sleep in the short term. Um, and sometimes people need medication long-term, and that's okay. If that helps them to be their best, and they're still engaging in all of the wellness things, you know, that they need for their lives, that's okay. Um, so there's a lot that goes into sort of what oh, I yeah. do. Oh, yeah. Um, that is so much more than medication. Yeah, because you're still looking at it from like the whole wellness, mind, body, spirit lens. Absolutely. It sounds amazing. I'm like, can we start now? Like, can this yes. Now? <laughs> right now Please. on the podcast, let's start. <laughs> let's get yes. started. But, you know, I love that you bring that up because one of the messages that I want to bring is that this is, for all of us, this is part of the human condition. This is not pathology. This is all of us trying to live our best lives. And there isn't a person alive that doesn't have a setback, that doesn't have a struggle, that doesn't need some assistance in finding their way back to balance. So, you know, like I was saying, this... Modern Minds and Synchronicity together is like such a gift to be able to work with this amazing team that sees, you know, the human condition, right? That sees that struggles and, and, and stress and all of these can affect our nervous system, can affect our well-being, but there's a path back to that. Mm -hmm. 
and and we have such an amazing team each one of us that does you know such a unique part but all together cohesively yeah because it's really difficult to do everything yourself yes as I'm sure you all have experienced and it's kind of the way society pressures us is like you should be able to do everything and that it's really cool to be in a room with you all right now knowing that like it's it's almost rare to find people with this this philosophy yes that we should that it's a human condition and it's it's normal we should all, all be authentic and it's so much more about stress and being a human than you're broken than the pathology yes. of it yes it almost I always feel like I'm in a bubble I'm like oh everyone believes the same things I believe <laughs> but I'm we're, we're definitely not but I love that y'all are doing this and really pushing the needle forward. Kira, yes. can you tell me, because you've been here from the start, right, with Modern Minds, can you tell me really what, what it looks like to be a client with Modern Minds? Sure, yeah. So exactly, Hannah, I've been with Modern Minds from June 2020, which was in the right pit of the pandemic. Right. Yes, exactly. Um, but our clients amaze me every day, and... They come in just like what Kelly was saying, just wanting to be them, their best selves. And anxiety and depression, the way that it shows up for a lot of people feels very limiting and feels like it takes their choices away. And what we can do with clients is really to, to sit with them at the very beginning, learn about how anxiety and depression is limiting them, and then also talk more broadly about what their whole vision of wellness is for themselves and be able to really start with them at a place where anxiety and depression is limiting them and then be able to walk with them as they experience a reduction in symptoms of anxiety and depression and then look at how that shows up in their lives as well. So look at how that how that means that they can engage in more physical movement, how they can engage socially in their community, how they can engage with their faith community, or or really anything that um, makes them up as a whole person. So it's it's just amazing for me to see that when our clients really put into practice the things that they're talking about and working through in therapy, and then also really acting on their own vision of wellness from the beginning, all of the amazing things that they can do um, in, a sh- in a pretty short amount of time. Yeah, so it's all about like their goals, their health, what that means to them. Exactly. So we talked about you know this whole new way of approaching it. Do you ever wonder like why this is new or why this isn't the conventional, the traditional model? You know, we this whole new way versus the traditional model. And I'm like, there's something wrong there. I think that, you know, the world has pathologized emotion. And I feel like that is not true. You know, we are all human beings who experience human emotions to differing degrees. Um, And the medical model has taken what, you know, notoriously that's the way we have approached everything. And we see the stigma Right? We see the stigma that exists when somebody says they have anxiety or depression or, or some other illness. They're treated differently. And I see that every day. When my you know, clients come into an emergency room and they say they have some, you know, say the buzzwords of mm-hmm. you know, medical mental illness, they're treated differently. But really, this is all a human condition. And there's, yes, we can treat this in a medical way, which I'm doing every day but we can also approach it from a human condition. 
and understanding that we all fall and there are healthy ways to get back up and just authentically looking at how we feel, how we all feel, and understanding there's a human connectedness about all of us, um, that helps to decrease the stigma and help us to look at things differently and treat things more wholly and more fully. Yeah, yeah. I think people look at, it's the same way with PT, you know, I have arthritis, I have anxiety, and they wear it as a label. Mm-hmm. and. They can never see themselves beyond this diagnosis or beyond this label. So like you said, it it limits them. And they're like, well, I can't do that because I have knee pain. Or the the doctor told me this or I have this. And they, it makes them feel really isolated. And like you said, it it makes them feel like something is really inherently wrong with Mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. How do we start to get people to understand that that you're not broken? Mm -hmm. You You don't need to be fixed. There's nothing wrong with you. So that is... One of the things that I hear the most, people will come into me and say, I am broken. And the first thing I do is I help them to understand you are not broken. You feel broken because of the way you feel, but you are not. We can help you be you again, but that's where we have to start. If we can't start with changing the definition of what you are defining yourself to be, that is the very first step, right? So with, with my clients, we, we pay very close attention to words, okay? Mm-hmm. And I am are two of the most powerful words in the universe, and we have to respect that, right? So when, when my clients come in and they say, I am, and the word broken is at the end of that, that's a powerful statement and says to me how fully they feel broken about the way that they're feeling. But I can quickly help them to see you're feeling broken, but you are not. You are whole, mm-hmm. right? You are whole and you are fully who you are. But you've gone through something that makes you feel broken. And we can help them then start to sort through the feelings that they're feeling and separate that from who they are, who they are at their core. Um, And that's really where change begins, is when we separate their definition of brokenness with, with who they are and how they feel. Oh yeah, it's amazing to see how much words matter and what what other people tell us and then the, the narratives that we're constantly telling ourselves. Like, the things that I tell myself, I would never say to Brian. You know, I would never say to Absolutely. But we, we say it to ourselves and we just, we beat ourselves up over and over again. I know that you all, like, we're, we're approaching this from a, an integration of the physical and the mental, the mind, body, spirit. Can you tell me more about what synchronicity is and then the partnership between modern minds and synchronicity? Sure. I, yeah, I think... You know, we, we definitely are. I think one thing that we we don't want to to leave out here is there, there's such a subtlety, and I'll get to your question, but there's such a subtlety in saying, I ha- I have anxiety and depression, or I'm experiencing this, and I don't want the listeners to to go, or I have knee pain, or this I can't do this versus I'm experiencing this because one is psychologically flexible, right, Kelly? Yes. Here, this is yes. one of the primary things yes. that we're trying to do at Modern Minds is to enhance people's psychological flexibility so that they have more choice, right? So that they can move their lives forward because all too often we get stuck in these mental patterns or these definitions of their words 
And I think one of the beautiful things about Modern Minds is how the team works together to help enhance people's psychological flexibility, mm -hmm. right? Through our evidence-based methodologies, um, whether that's utilizing medication management or the evidence-based psychotherapies that we use or the wellness strategies that we use at Synchronicity. So um, getting to the actual integration of everything, and this kind of goes back a little bit to the question that you asked earlier, why hasn't it been done? And the reason is because it's hard. It's hard to bring all these things together, right? Because you create business models that work in certain ways. So Kelly, maybe you can speak to it perhaps. I mean, most people's, let's say, medication management as it comes to um, mental and emotional um, struggles that so many of us experience is managed at the primary care level, right? Absolutely. Right, so that's where I'm going to get my medication management, mm -hmm. and if I'm lucky, how often am I checking in about that, generally mm -hmm. speaking? Every three months. Every three months. So if you're lucky. That's if a, you're lucky. So that becomes the primary medical mode for mm -hmm. treating, right, mm -hmm. something like anxiety and depression, which we're talking about here, right? Mm -hmm. um, and there's a smaller percentage of people that actually seek out and find qualified evidence-based psychotherapy. Is, is that fair to say, too? Absolutely. Right? And so it's not all that often that those two things go together, but in the studies where we produce the best outcomes for patients who are struggling with anxiety and depression, it happens to be that often there's both of these things occurring, right? Evidence-based uh, psychotherapy along with medication management when needed. Mm -hmm. But how often do we combine wellness strategies yes. with these things? Yes. And that's the beauty of this Modern Minds and Synchronicity sort of collaboration here, is that we're now taking all of the things that we know, all of the tools that are available for managing our mental and behavioral health, and we're bringing it together in one place. And so it's such a beautiful thing to see all of these things come together. And maybe I'll speak just for a moment on the on the wellness sides of things. And, and Kelly, please back me up as my uh, as my medical uh, expert here in the room. <laughs> um, but we know things like movement, exercise, yes. affect the brain, right? We know how beneficial that can be for our mental health. For absolutely. We know how beneficial meditation and mindfulness can be for our overall mental and behavioral health. That's not a debate. We know that to it's be no true. Debate. There's plenty of evidence to indicate that. We know how important your gut biome is, what you're putting in your body is for your mental and emotional health, and how that this can be influential in moving you forward. And those are just three, Yes. right? So we know that by integrating those, all of the other things that we know work, can be even more enhanced to get people farther faster. Mm -hmm. And what a pretty cool thing. Mm -hmm. That's just speaking to those cornerstones, Kira, that you and I often talk about when working with people. But then we have all these sort of, let's call them new and cutting edge techniques that we can utilize that, that people maybe have heard about in other podcasts, things like cold water therapy or cryotherapy or using saunas, which can help us to overall not only manage sort of our, our mental and emotional health in the moment, but there's some evidence to indicate that they can manage our inflammation long-term and then benefit us uh, both physically and mentally long-term. Mm -hmm. So that was a really long roundabout answer, Hannah. And you can just that was incredible. take it away from me. No, that was incredible. <laughs> you don't even need me. That was incredible. And, you know, that speaks to the fact that we do know there's an inflammatory component mm -hmm. to all illnesses, including depression, right? So... Everything starts with inflammation, and that whole cascade leads to um, all sorts of illnesses, including depression. Um, and chronic stress leads to upregulation of our nervous system. So here at Synchronicity, we have so many modalities that all focus on reducing inflammation, rebalancing the nervous system, and they're all evidence-based. Everything is based in evidence. Um, there's even evidence and research that shows 
you know, mindfulness and meditation can prevent, you know, breast cancer recurrences and all of this research that goes into specific illnesses and how we can utilize these kinds of um, modalities to help us not become sick to begin with, mm. but also to, if we have been sick, to prevent recurrences of illnesses. Um, and it's all evidence-based. Mm. We're not way out there. And that's why it's so exciting to be here in this time now, where we now have evidence to back up all the things that I think we all knew mm. that were beneficial, but now we have the evidence that we can bring into an integrated, specialized practice and really be unique and comprehensive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I'll just say one thing to to your earlier question, Hannah, about what it is like to be a client at Modern Minds. I mean, imagine having a psychiatrist on your side, a therapist who who really deeply understands what you're going through and is helping you walk this, this path. And then also a wellness mentor, like how supported does a client feel? Yes. And what's so cool to see is you may talk in therapy for that one hour a week about sitting in your emotions because that's where a lot of the discomfort comes from. That's where a lot of mental health icky feelings come from is is really not sitting in your own body and your emotions and processing and being able to feel that. So you do that maybe at the, you know, in the last 10 minutes you might do an exercise in therapy, but how cool is it to be able to meet with your wellness mentor outside of the therapy room and even in a cold pool plunge or in a sauna and and be able to use those tools to then really put into practice those things that you're learning. Mm -hmm. And it takes work and and to the point that Brian was saying of of that's why it's hard and that's why it's not done everywhere. It takes a lot of work, um, but to be able to see some of the benefits that our clients experience and the support that they get, it's really a game changer. Yeah, you got a whole team behind you, by your side. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not, like you said, it's not just that one hour. Mm. It's the, like, how is this one hour going to play into the rest of your life? And also, how are we going to help you in the rest of your life so that when you close the door, it's, okay, I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's the, the biggest, the biggest difference. When we were talking before, Kelly, you said this was like a dream. You said yes. this was what you trained your whole life for. Yes. Can you tell me a little bit more about that and why that is? Oh, my goodness. So... I, it's been a unique path for me. Um, I initially trained in nuclear medicine and um, nuclear oncology, PET-CT imaging, did a residency and a fellowship after residency, or after medical school, um, and then decided I wanted to go into psychiatry. But in that time that I was training in um, nuclear medicine, I learned all about the gut microbiome and GI function and um, how illness affects and brings on cancer and things like that. And now moving forward, learning about the gut microbiome and how it affects the brain and all of these things that have come together. I've worked in so many different areas of medicine that have helped me to be able to Uh, connect with all of the different clients that come our way. Um, I've worked with college students. I've worked with cancer patients. I've worked with um, all kinds of different students and different populations. And all of this training has come together here where I can use all of it to help our clients in very unique and integrative ways. 
I think if I had had a very straight and narrow path, um, it wouldn't have necessarily been as comprehensive. But all of this different training and research and things that I've done have really led me to um, offer so much more of myself and my training um, to this new endeavor, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It was like all of your training like led you to this point. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This point in these people, right? I th- you know, we talked yes. about all these evidence-based things that can help people with their mental and, and, and emotional health. But is there a bigger evidence-based thing than just have, being surrounded by the right people in the community, mm-hmm. right? Yes. The people that we engage with, the support yes. that we have in our lives. I think that's one of the wonderful things that synchronicity brings is this community of people. A community of people that will actually look you in the eye and say, how are you doing? You know, I care about Mm -hmm. hearing how your life is going. Uh, A community that says, you know, I I struggle too. Mm -hmm. And it's normal to struggle, right? That's part of the human experience. And and what is that for you? And really authentically connecting with other people. I think it's just an underrated, underappreciated piece of our overall well-being is that sense of support and community. Absolutely. Everyone says, oh, we're, we're social creatures. And I'm like, exactly. You don't understand, like, the magnitude that we really are social creatures. And that was stripped away last year. And I see so many people that have struggled and are still struggling with that for a lot of different reasons. But, like, but having that community is not only you know, helps you get the best outcomes, but it's also, it, it sounds like in every person that I know that makes a lifestyle and behavior change, they have that supportive community. They have the team behind them. They have a a group of people that they're like-minded and they help push you forward and they help grow and they're authentic Mm -hmm. too. And that social isolation, it, I'm sure you all know way more than me, like how much it affects people. Mm -hmm. What changes did you did you see or what stressors have you seen in people and their struggles since the pandemic? I know it's like a big, who wants to a great question, but I, you know, in the Lancet published an article on October 8th showing globally anxiety. I'm going to get these, but it was 26 and 27% increase in anxiety and depression since January of 2020 globally. That's a massive increase because we already know the numbers are high and that's, Kelly, please correct me if I'm wrong, but that's people who are experiencing clinically significant levels. That's right. That's not just all of us who experience tremendous amounts more stressors, right? right? Which perhaps, like, I mean, this is a, a global phenomenon of epic proportions that mm-hmm. happened and is continuing to increase. Is, is that all fair to say? That is all fair to say. And another thing that has increased is substance use, mm-hmm. right? So people are trying to find ways to cope within social isolation and you know with readily available substances people are turning to them because they don't know where else to turn we begin to feel when we're socially isolated we truly begin to feel like we're alone in the world and when we feel we're alone in the world and we're feeling distressed feelings like I'm alone and I feel terrible and I'm anxious and I'm afraid to go out and that leads to depression and then it becomes just so intolerable. So people seek out substances or something to help calm them and and this has led to high, high rates of substance abuse during the pandemic, even worse than the problem we already had prior to the pandemic. 
Um, so it is putting a, a huge burden on the medical systems as mm-hmm. well um, with how much depression, anxiety, and substance use has skyrocketed. Yeah, that's a huge, 26, 27% increase. Increase over what it was. And yes. Yeah, over what it was. And like you said, that's not including all of us that don't have, you know, quote-unquote clinically significant right. symptoms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just the, the huge effects. I know we talked a little bit about the, the physical and the mental overlap, but I want to dive into that a little bit more. And also you mentioned psychological flexibility. Mm. I want to dive into that a little bit more. So when people are making changes, there's often a lot of things to choose from. What is the most effective thing to start with? Or what is maybe the first step that a lot of people take that points them in the direction of really meeting their health and wellness goals? That, that's a great question. And uh, I think it ties back to your question about how the pandemic has impacted people's overall wellness. And, and being a wellness mentor and being able to see during the pandemic, I heard so much of, I used to do this. I used to go to yoga class. I used to go to book club and and be with friends every Thursday night. Or I used to go out and and buy my groceries and and cook in my house. And that was a nutritious meal for me. But that changed so much during the pandemic that really it was clear why people were feeling more anxious and depressed. It's like, of course, you're not doing any of the things that keep you well. And um, that is the biggest piece for helping people to make the connections between the things that they do to keep them well and their mental health. And I think to your question, there's no one place to start for anyone. It's just being able to make the connection. It's just being able to see that going out for a walk at the end of the day makes me feel energized, makes me feel better, makes me feel lighter and, and, and more patient with my kids and my husband and, and things like that. It, it's just, what is your vision of wellness? And then how are you doing the things that help you feel that way? So just being able to, to look at a person's whole picture and then take the small steps and make the connections between what's happening and how they feel. Yeah, I think Kira makes a great point. There's no, there's no right place for right quote unquote right place for people to start. It's but asking questions can be powerful for getting insight. And I, Kira, I think what you're you're talking about. One of the things I've experienced a lot with coaching is people have incredible knowledge of themselves, right? But we get stuck. And when we ask different questions in different ways, we start to uncover some of the things that we know were really useful for us, perhaps in the past or directions that we want to go, but it's been hard for us to get there because we've just been stuck mentally. And and, and that leads to psychological flexibility, right, Kelly? And, yes. And what it means, and maybe for the listeners it would be helpful for them to kind of understand a little bit from y'all's perspective what psychological flexibility is and why it's so important in our mm-hmm. model. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I want to say, too, just... Uh, to step back for a moment, is that sometimes when people reach out, right, the first thing they think of is to pick up a phone and and reach, start calling clinics to try and find a place that's a good fit, right? Um, so they look externally. They're looking externally for some way, for some help of something. But I just feel compelled to share this right now that when our clients come to us, right, they're, they're reaching out to find an answer outside of themselves. But when they come to us, what we do is we empower them to go inward. And, and I see my role 
is helping them find the answers that already exist with inside themselves, okay? So in the medical model, I think we look at the answer is medication, it's this, you know, and it is often a medication, okay, or other things or other modalities, but it's not a, a preconceived, this is the protocol of what this is because this is what yeah. they're presenting as. The approach that I take is I help patients to go inward and really understand what they're feeling and what they're going through and to empower them to know that all of their answers exist within inside themselves. So they're reaching out to us for answers, but in the course of what we all do so well, we're empowering them to find the answers inside themselves. Because when our clients leave us, we want them to be fully empowered and independent to, yes, reach out if they ever need us again, but we really want them to feel empowered to have learned how to go inward and find the power and the answers inside themselves. And I think that all of what we do is we guide them to that, right? We're not sort of paternalistic and saying, this is what you need, and I'm going to prescribe this because this is what... It's really a, such a comprehensive inward journey that they are going on with us that empowers them to find their own answers. And part of that answer is learning to be flexible with their thoughts, right? It's, it's learning to be able to say, yes, I'm feeling this, but I can still go on. It's just a feeling. That feeling can pass. And there's things that I can do to help that feeling to pass. I know that if I go for a walk, my thoughts are different. I can think about things differently. I can look at it from different perspectives. And that allows us to be more flexible in our thinking instead of rigid. When we're rigid with our thinking, when we have a thought that says, I'm anxious, that, that automatically leads to a biological response of anxiety in your body. But when you can have that same thought, right, and look at it from a different perspective, or um, know that if you go for a walk when you're thinking that thought, or you know that there's different things that you can do, um, you'll think about that differently. You'll understand that it will pass, and it's not something I need to hold on to. There will be other thoughts and other feelings. Um, and, and I think that's part mm. of what we do really well. Yeah. And, and Hannah, you, you're, you have a physical therapy background, right? Yes, yeah, I'm right? a physical therapist. So is it okay if I speak to psychological flexibility through the physical therapy oh, lens in my personal experience? Oh, I'm like, yeah. this is so similar. Like what you all are saying is the same way that we, we talk and, and look at pain. Right? Yes. So, so here, here's a real life thing, right? If, if I, I exercise every morning, right? But if for some reason I, I have some injury that's like creeping up, like my ankle hurts on a run, here my mind goes exactly like this. Oh, your ankle hurts. This probably means that your knee's going to hurt, which means you're not going to probably be able to run tomorrow, which means that uh, you're going to be in a terrible, terrible mood today, which means that you're not going to get this done, which means that, oh my gosh, I'm starting to feel bad. I should just quit running right now. What if I can't run? Yes. This is my inner monologue, yeah, right? Yes. so fast. And it yes. swirls down very quickly. Yes. But with psychological flexibility tools, you can start to say, okay, this is the inner monologue that's happening. Yes. Actually, I understand that it's going on right now, but there's a lot of other things going on too. Yeah. And you start to develop the tools that allow you to continue to move forward with your life in the way you want it. 
allowing that to be there, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to go anywhere. I, in fact, the truth be told, my inner monologue is probably going to continue to operate like that forever, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. It doesn't influence where I'm going to continue to take my life through my actions. And so that's a real-life example of what an inner monologue can do and yes. how psychological flexibility can help with that. Mm-hmm. We are so quick to catastrophize. <laughs> mm-hmm. And what's shown is that the people that have the best outcomes are not the people that when they bend over and hurt their back, they're not like, oh no, I did this, I'm broken, I'll never lift again. They're like, oh, okay, let me explore that. Let me keep trying to move. I know I'm strong. I know I'm confident. I know I'm resilient. And then, boom, it doesn't turn into a long-term injury. But people, I think, struggle with understanding how much their perceptions and how much what's going on here affects everything else. And they're like, oh, there's no way that what I tell myself affects me physically Mm -hmm. and like you said like I want you to explain a little bit more because I think it's an awesome thing to talk about when you tell yourself I'm anxious you're right then you become anxious because then your body's like okay there's a threat I am going to become anxious now yes can you tell me more about how that process absolutely so you know one of the things I wish we could learn about ourselves from an early age is that not all of our thoughts are real they're not all true Like, why can't we learn that at an early age? Why can't we know that, right? (laughs) Because we believe if we're having a thought, it's true. But like Brian, I catastrophize. I have built, I have a nervous system that's (laughs) upregulated all the time. So I struggle with all of these things. And I used to believe all of my thoughts because I thought if I'm thinking them, they must be true. Mm Well, okay, so if my mind is telling me, especially as I went through medical school, Mm. right, I was certain I had cancer. I was certain I had Parkinson's. I was, you you name it. I went through every single rotation. (laughs) And you can convince yourself you have every disease process imaginable. (laughs) And then your body will show you all the ways and all the reasons why you have that. But it's not true. It's not true. So if one of the core things we can learn in life is that all of our thoughts are not true, but we have the opportunity to choose the thoughts that we want to think. That's, that's, that's life-changing. So if a thought comes in and we can just sort of play with it a little bit, like, okay, that's an interesting thought. I don't believe that's true. Is it really true? What is the evidence for this? What is the evidence for this thought that it's really true? So I call that like the pause, right? <laughs> like as a, as a really scary thought comes in, if we can learn how to pause and just sort of sit with the distress of that and know that we're going to be okay, mindfulness and meditation helps with that, um, and sort of accept that these thoughts are going to come, but we can choose other thoughts right? So I can choose to say, well, I don't likely have this, whatever X is for that day, some horrendous thing that might come into my mind um, because of all of the horrendous things I hear on a daily basis. So I have lots of horrendous things to choose from in my mind. (laughs) So I, you know, I have to work through each one of those thoughts, just like everybody else in the human condition. And I can choose thoughts that say, well, even if I did have that, 
my best outcome is going to be to continue to stay well. Mm. My best outcome is going to be if I continue to eat healthy, if I continue to eat lots of things that um, reduce inflammation as the cornerstone of all disease, right? Inflammation. If I keep my body healthy, if I keep my lungs healthy, and of, of course that helps my mind be healthier when I can soften all of those negative thoughts that come in for all of us. That is the human condition. We all have them, some more than others. I get a lot of them. And it's given me an opportunity to really learn how to work through them myself so I can teach other people, Mm -hmm. right? That's the best gift we can give anyone, is the gift of an experience that we have suffered through that we can give and share with someone else, you know, a, a path to healing. Um, so I, I think that's that's part of what we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's why, like, so many people choose their profession. So many people become PTs because PT helped them. Yes. So many people want to be therapists because they saw how much it helped them. Yes. And it, it almost seems like it all starts with us. It all, like... We're all in this room because we've had experiences and beliefs and biases that have led us to want to treat and want to serve people in this way. It's always interesting to me what leads people down different paths because, you know, what made me want to look at PT in this pretty different, like, unique model? What what made you all want to start this whole new way of thinking? And it's it's tough when someone doesn't have those experiences. We always talk about, you know, like... In medical school, when you had cancer, you had this. In PT school, like during the hip part, like everybody had hip pain. Yes. During this, everybody had knee pain. And the problem is, like you said, Brian, when you start to catastrophize and you start to to form your identity and really go down the slippery slope of, well, I have ankle pain, I'm never going to run again, and then I'm going to get unhealthy, and then I'm going to do this. But if you can just stay the course and almost have the confidence in your health and wellness, which may be hard if you if you don't have that. To know, well, I'm doing the right things. I I do these things regularly. I take care of my body. It's almost like that confidence that comes with, like I know I I can do this, which means I can I can run. I can do. I'm strong. I'm not breaking my ankle right now. And it's like that perspective shift. And I think it's all hard for us in this room. And we have all that knowledge. Yes. We have we talk to people about this all the time. Imagine what it, what it feels like for someone who has no idea what's happening in their body. Mm-hmm. And I, we kind of relate it to trying to build positive experiences in the bank. Because when you have all of these negative experiences, take someone with chronic pain, because of the way that our bodies work, you almost get that validation of, well, my, my knee hurts, my knee is broken. Okay, so then your knee does hurt. So then it validates you. It's like, yep, you're right. And you just keep getting in the negative and you have to replace all those experiences to just be, you know, net zero. And then you have to build people up. <laughs> and I, I love what you said about we're always seeking out. We're always seeking external. Yes. But telling people, and I think this is a lot of what, what you said here, of being their guide, of you have all the pieces of the puzzle. And it's so helpful to talk it out because you get to be the detective. And you're like, well, you said all these things. You kind of help them put the puzzle together. And giving people and empowering people with the tools to make long-term change is what sounds like makes you all so different. Mm -hmm. And I I love that. Mm -hmm. 
and, and help people understand the strengths that they already have mm-hmm. as well. And knowing that being part of the human condition, which we've said a lot today, is this push and pull of sometimes your mental health is not going to be tip-top shape and, and sometimes your physical health is not going to be that. But if we can look at you as a whole person and allow you to lean on your physical health when, when your mental health is slipping or vice versa, that's so empowering. And it shows a person that they can experience these things or they're going to get sick and they're going to feel a little sad one day, but that they are this whole person full of tools to be able to help themselves feel balanced. Yeah, that just because you have just because you have a bad day doesn't mean that you are broken or that you have a bad life. Mm-hmm. But you have to be able to have that different perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't think because I'm thinking and if I'm a listener right now, one of the things that's always gotten because when we talk about you have the answers inside of you and mm-hmm. so forth and we believe that to be true, it's like but when you're in a hard place, mm-hmm. the idea that I have the answers inside of me can be so overwhelmingly you know, almost just can break me because this is this is the experience that I'm having yes. and you're telling me I've got the answers if I had the answers I wouldn't be feeling like this yes. and so I just want to relate to the listeners that if you're having that sort of thought yes gosh is that normal yes. right and yeah. we're, we're not it's not for lack of effort or something's wrong Absolutely. but that is so normal to to feel that way in response to like you have the answers inside of you yeah. and both things can be true right mm-hmm. they both can be true and that's the journey that we go on that's the necessary journey that we go on to and it takes time a lot of time that we haven't discussed um, to get to that point of really believing that and understanding that and then owning that yeah. and that's what we do that's what we do over time right but none of us, when we are in a moment of crisis, none of us feels like we have all of that inside of us. Right. And, and that's why all of this exists, so that through the journey, they can come to that understanding at the end. Yeah. Um, but it is a journey. Yeah. It's oh, an yeah. inward journey that takes time. I'm glad that you said that. Yes. <laughs> yes. We're like, you yes. got the answers. You're fine. Yeah. We're like, you're going, but I don't think you quite understand what I'm experiencing right now. Like, <laughs> if people had all the answers, we wouldn't be yes. needing to do what That's right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. We talked before, and I, I always think it's ironic that your, your jobs are really to, to help other people take care of themselves. But it's very hard because your job is to check in with someone else which means you often sacrifice your own health and well-being for the sake of others. And I'm wondering why, we talked about this before, we kind of wear busy and I'm so busy and I'm so stressed as a badge of honor. You know, I, I love complaining about how busy I am. Why are we so caught up in, in being busy? Why are we so good at the stress side of things but not so good at the recovery side of things? What are your thoughts on that? That's a great question. That's we're we're going to answer for all of humanity here. I know. Right. <laughs> Kelly, you have at it. And then, and then I'll take it away. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, I think that the way the society looks at the world is the more productive you are, the better you are, right? That's how society looks at the world, um, how, how we judge, you know, whether or not a person is um, succeeding by terms of society, right? But I'm hoping that we help to help people to understand 
that the more that you can slow down and the more that you can focus on your own well-being, that you will notice how much more productive you can become and it doesn't have to feel as stressful, right? But by society standards, working, 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 stress, all of this, it's, like you said, it's a badge of honor. But really, I'm hoping that we can show people that it's okay to slow down. It's okay to take care of yourselves. That self-love is not selfish. It's a necessity for all of us to be the best version of ourselves that we can be. And the more that we slow down and do that and go inward and and know what we need, everybody's different with what they need to calm themselves and to be their best self, the more we can give to the world, right? But that's not uh, how society looks at it right now, right? We look at, I, I work this many hours and this mm-hmm. many hours and I'm this stressed and and that's seen as, as successful. Mm-hmm. But we don't really want to give that message, right? Mm-hmm. We want people to understand how to take care of themselves and to slow down and find meaning and purpose yeah. in their lives. How, how am I going to function best, right? Yes, you know, yes. If you, if you take a metaphor, and a lot of people will come into synchronicity and they're like a race car with no pit crew. They're going to, just the fastest way to get, and by the way, they're not even asking the question, where am I trying to get to? But just slam the pedal on the gas, go as fast as I can. Who cares about stopping for a pit crew? And it's just not, you're not asking all the, the right questions. The question is, well, first of all, where are we trying to go? Yes. Those are really important. And then secondly, what, like, what things do I need to do to maintain myself so that I can get there in the best, most efficient manner? Right? And so that a lot of the stuff that we do at Synchronicity is about that. It's about actually taking a step back so you can take steps forward uh, more efficiently um, in, in a better state overall. And so it's really one of the beautiful things. And, and you know this from your physical therapy background is that, you know, any kind of stressor, you know, we do exercises in physical therapy or maybe we do an exposure, right, in, yes. in, in, uh, in psychotherapy. Yes. And it's hard and it's stressful. And then we go through recovery portion and hopefully we come back more resilient, mm-hmm. right? And so it's part of the natural cycle of things. And a lot of the things that we're able to do at Synchronicity tap into that recovery side. At this phase, after you've taxed the system, now we recover and we come back stronger, right? We come back more resilient. And so, yes, I don't know that we've answered the question for why we as a society uh, continuously uh, drive as fast as we can. And that's the red badge of courage. But... (laughs) Um, I do believe that there's a way for us to manage our lives more effectively and more efficiently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like people are really good at the stress part of that equation. Mm-hmm. Totally. And they don't realize that if you want to get the best adaptation, if you want to get the most growth, if you really do want to get, you know, what is the goal of this? If you want to reach that goal and get that result, you cannot forget recovery. That's right. mm-hmm. And we're just go, go, go. More is better. I'll sleep when I die. Like I, I cringe when I hear those things. Yes. But it's oh, you're, you're resting? Well, you're not doing anything, so mm-hmm. that's not productive. But that is a part of the equation. We always tell people, like, rest days are a part of training, mm-hmm. you know, in our, in our PT side of things. What aspects make up recovery? Can we talk a little bit more about that? Oh. I mean, there's probably, like, a million, but... Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, there is. There's a lot of different ways to think about recovery, right? We could think about it strictly through the physiological, right? So we could talk about nutrition, and we could talk about stretching, and we could talk about um, uh, uh, myofascial release techniques and cold water and saunas, and we could talk about all those things that we might do to restore ourselves physically, let's say during training or just in life. But we could also talk about the mental side of things, right? What is recovery about mentally? Do we take the time for mindfulness? Do we take the time to engage with the, the dear relationships in our lives or our community, right? And do we, engage, do we um, sort of recharge and recover emotionally? What does that look like for us, right? Is it a mindfulness practice, a meditation practice? Is it exercise? I mean, spiritually too, how often are we tapping into those deeper purposes in life? So recovery, as we're talking about here goes across so many different domains and really being able to investigate these domains and looking at how we're recovering in each of these domains is so important because it would be all too easy for us to sit here and go, yes, you need an ice bath for physical recovery and you need to eat broccoli for whatever, right? So that you're whatever. But it really is much more in depth than that. And there's a lot of domains when it comes to recovery. And the people that operate the best are the people who are going through and they're tweaking these knobs, right? Mm -hmm. They're saying, how, how am I doing in each mm -hmm. of these domains of wellness and what might I do to mm -hmm. improve them? And one of the things that I like to do the most, to Brian's point, in working with clients in wellness mentoring is having them think about the things that bring them joy. Mm -hmm. And sometimes someone doesn't know where to start with that. And they say, I don't even know, like I used to have these hobbies or, or nothing really brings me joy. And, and really exploring that with them and seeing what sparks that joy and what is something that they can do that might be outside of their comfort zone or that is a little bit of a, of a quirky hobby or something. They might go and buy rollerblades or... I or, did that. No, you didn't. Oh my gosh, yeah. I'm really bad at I them. saw someone rollerblading and I was like, that looks so yes. fun. So those are the kind of things that help us feel restored and rejuvenated in ways that aren't just sleeping more, mm -hmm. going to bed earlier or or um, getting in an ice bath or something. It, it They're the things that really bring meaning and and that is restorative in itself. I love the rollerblades. That's mm -hmm. amazing. What are some of the goals of the clients that you work with or the goals that you help people accomplish? Who wants to take it? Yeah. Yeah. They're so diverse. It's so diverse. Um, but I, I literally will write down word for word what their goal is. And it's different for everybody, but most people are seeking to feel more connected, more balanced, to feel more peace, to feel more love. All of the things that all of us want to feel, right? To feel the best version of themselves or to not feel sad. There's so many different goals that people have. But really, it all boils down to um, helping them achieve a balance in this mind-body-spirit role of wellness. And it's sort of the way that we approach it in different ways. If somebody is struggling and feel like they can't work on you know, anything, things are too difficult in mind and body, we can approach through spirit. Mm -hmm. If, you know, they're just struggling in spirit and, you know, body, we can focus on mind. But there's all different ways we can go about it. Um, most people come to us because they're, they're experiencing symptoms of depression and anxiety that are overwhelming their coping mechanisms. And they don't feel like they can any longer 
function with the, these distressing symptoms. So that's where we begin, right? So we try to look at what happened, you know, what was their baseline, mm-hmm. what happened to make them feel so overwhelmed that they feel like they can't really function. And then we start to work on it from all perspectives um, and even medications like we mentioned earlier. So we really try to meet that person where they're at mm-hmm. with their own individual goal or reason for being there. Yeah, it's all about the person. It's right? all about everyone has a different mm-hmm. reason. That's why it for can't coming. be cutter. It cannot. Know? Yeah. And I think that's why the specialness of what we do, because in the medical model, it does feel more cookie cutter. It does feel more you know, if you go in and report these symptoms, you're pretty much going to get this treatment. Mm -hmm. And with us, it's not that way. You come in and we really dig deep. I mean, my, my clients, you know, even though I'm doing sort of a a medication management appointment that in the clinical world might be a 15 minute visit, I spend two plus hours (laughs) getting to know them, really getting to know what it is, who they are individually, what is it that they need, where did they, where did they fall, you know. Um, yeah, you're, you're not anxiety walking through the door. You are not anxiety. You're a complex human experiencing yes. anxiety. Who is experiencing mm-hmm. anxiety for a reason that we'll try to discover mm-hmm. and then work on together. Do you ever have people that need help figuring out their goals that maybe don't know what they want? Yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Have you ever, I, I know I've felt that way before, you know, you just feel so overwhelmed, you don't even know where to begin. Mm-hmm. You can't even define or find the words. So, you know, that's why it takes time with what mm-hmm. we do, right? Because sometimes it's just sitting with someone who's suffering and letting them know that we're there, that we care, that they're not alone. And then eventually, you know, the story will start to come out. And everybody has a unique story. So everybody has a unique way of approaching how they can reach their optimum wellness. Yeah, it's almost like some people can't even imagine a light at the end of the tunnel. Oh my goodness. I mean, to try to talk about goals when you're experiencing some of the inner world experiences that people are having, it can can feel like, what are you even talking about? Like, the only thing is this feeling that I have yes. right now, this, this mental stuff that I've got going on right now, like, help me get rid of that. So we were talking about goals. I mean, Kelly, is it fair to assume and Kira that a lot of people are just, they're, they're coming in there saying, I have this inner world experience going on right now that is just, it's, it's too much, yes. right? It's too much. I yes. can't, I can no longer function in, in my life with yes. this inner world experience. And, and I want to, I want to do something to not mm-hmm. have this yes. as much, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the big life learning lessons for me is that, um, is that a lot of times we think that this inner world experience is stopping us from doing the things. And to be able to sometimes accept the inner world experience that we're having and do the things in spite of that, what an incredible tool that is and how hard oh it is gosh. as well, right? Yes. But when we learn to be able to do that with the help of the team that we've got, at Modern Minds, oh my gosh, it can be life-changing. Yes. Psychological flexibility. There you go. Yes. Circle back. There. Circle right back. Yeah. <laughs> can you tell me, both from the, the Modern Minds aspect and also synchronicity, how someone can get started and what that onboarding process is like? 
Sure. Yeah. So you can give us a call at Modern Minds and talk with our intake coordinator and and learn about the model and also talk through what you're experiencing and see if it might be a good fit. And then what we do is schedule an intake appointment with one of our therapists that is a two-hour appointment and, and which is more time than you would get in a, in a typical mental health clinic, but is pretty comprehensive and goes through a lot of just your current experience and what's happening with you so that we can really thoughtfully move forward with a treatment plan and come together as a team with Kelly sitting in the room and with all of our therapists and, and really put our heads together and figure out with the client as well, kind of what's our path forward and and you're you're sitting here right now and where do you want to be at Mm -hmm. the end of this um so we'll work with you to schedule that appointment um the other way you can reach out to us is through our web form online so if you just want to type in your name and email and phone number and say what's a good time to call then we'll reach out to you which is sometimes a lot easier Mm -hmm. especially when the hardest step sometimes can be taking that first step and calling and making the appointment. Um, so there are those two ways to reach out to Modern Minds. Hmm. I don't want to cure this such a great thing, but we do such a beautiful job like helping people to find where they need to go, right? Yes. And honoring, when you put up your hand and say, I could use help, honoring that with, you know, if we're the right program for you, then matching you with this program and taking you through it with this beautiful team, holistic approach and if we're not helping you get to the place where you can, right? Because gosh knows when you when you reach up your hand and say, I I want help, what what a beautiful place to begin to be able to make that transition for someone. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a hard thing to do to it raise your hard. hand. But that's often like you said, like the scariest and the hardest step. Mm-hmm. And then once they take that stuff step, like they're they're not alone from there. And the sad reality is in the world today. When people are seeking out psychiatric care or, you know, mental health care, it is not an easy process Mm -hmm. to navigate in the world today. We have wait lists of six Mm -hmm. to nine months um, to get in, to begin. When you make a call, when you finally have the courage to reach out for help and you have no way of, of figuring that process out, that is so disheartening. And you get so rejected. It's like it's more rejection after mm-hmm. more rejection. And the thought of waiting nine months from a person who has finally gotten to the pinnacle of their distress, that they finally reach out and then to find out after calling 15 different places that it's a nine-month to a year wait, imagine the hopelessness. Yeah. And that is the world of what we're dealing with today. And that's a bigger discussion about why mental health isn't a priority mm-hmm. in our medical system, right? It just feels like it's not as important or I don't know, but it's just hard to navigate. Um, and with us, that, that's one of the things I think we do so beautifully. From the first call, I mean, we meet Ayana, right? Like Ayana answers the phone and I always tell Ayana, if I ever needed help, I would want to hear your voice on the other side. Like she, she just is, you know, everybody on our team has a heart for helping. Everybody's heart is there and we all have a heart for helping. And I think that translates through with every interaction, or at least I I really strive and hope that it does. 
Um, so we try to make that easy, and I know Brian has done phenomenal work in making all of these pieces come together in a way that clients feel immediately uh, relief, even with the first phone call. Have you all taken a personality test? Have you taken the Enneagram? I'm like, are y'all all twos right now? I <laughs> have never, never taken it, but people will tell me I'm different things, but I've, yeah. I've never done it. Have you? I can't remember what I am, though. I don't know. Probably too, and that's why you can't remember. Yeah. You're so focused on someone else. Maybe. <laughs> no, love a good personality test. This has been awesome. You all, thank you so much, Brian, Kira, Dr. Kelly. I'm so excited about everything that y'all are doing. Hannah, can I make one more pitch for Modern Minds? Do you yeah. mind? Like, Go for it. That's what it's for. Yeah. Right? Because I, I just want to brag on Modern Minds just for a minute. Because there's nowhere else where you can go and have a team of people talking about you and supporting you. And that's literally what's happening at Modern Minds, right? And Kelly, maybe you could speak just momentarily to this. Is Normally, like, if I can find a person at all to yes, help, right, yes. um, it's one person, and though they may be sensational, yes, right, yes. the idea of having a team of support yes. like, that I could rely on is just amazing, because I know I'm going to get multiple perspectives, I know I'm going to have lots of different uh, thoughts to help me move forward, and what's just a brilliant thing that, that has been able to happen with Modern Minds, which is just so uncommon in uh, this landscape. And again, I have to say, I have never, and I've trained and practiced in a lot of different settings, and I have never in my life seen anything like what Modern Minds and Synchronicity does. And that's why I always say, like, it is the greatest surprise and the greatest gift in my life to be a part of such an amazing team of people who are truly heart-centered focused on wanting to help people succeed in their lives. Um, and it is unique. It's very different than any other clinic that exists that I've ever heard of before. Um, and I know that it, it yeah, I, I was joking about bragging about it, but when you or someone you love yes. is struggling so much, yes, you want nothing more than for them to get the best possible care. Yes. And to be able to have a place like Modern Minds to, for yourself or someone you love feels so amazing that you know they're going to be taken care of. You know they're going to get that care that you would want for them. It's an honor to be part of it, I feel like. It is. I feel that same way. I love that. Yes. Y'all are changing the profession. You know, you're pioneering this. So I'm really excited for you all. Thank you so much. This has been awesome. Any last words? Any last thoughts? Well, thank you. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you you for letting us share all that we are so excited to bring, you know, to this community and hopefully, you know, beyond. Exactly. Love it. Everyone, thank you for listening. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Head on over to Instagram, find us at Healthy Charleston, leave us a review on iTunes. If you ever have any topics you want us to talk about or guests you want to bring on, feel free to DM us. Otherwise, thanks again.